The natural instinct to protect our kids from everything actually does the exact opposite. Whenever we do that to our kids, we don't develop resilient kids. We develop dependent kids. We want internally strong, confident, resilient kids who can go out into the world and dominate. Not kids who, as soon as a struggle comes, looks to their mom or dad and says, rescue me. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Rising Father Podcast. This is episode five. I'm Chris Rodak, and today we're talking all about building confident children and being confident ourselves. I'm going to start off with a story about my son getting punched in the face and us getting a call from the principal. It started out scary, but ended up awesome. So here's what happened. We got a call from the principal about a week ago, and he said, guys, listen up. I don't want you to freak out, but Nathan got punched in the face. And here's what happened. So he then explained the whole situation, and in the end, I was a very proud dad. Nathan was playing soccer at recess, and little dad brag, he was dominating. He was scoring the most goals out of anyone. That's what he said, and the principal said. So he was scoring all the goals, and this other kid, not his friend, came up and just socked him in the face. When the principal asked this other kid why he did it, he said because he was angry that Nathan was scoring all the goals. So now... What did my son do? He took the punch, he turned around, he walked to the nearest teacher, told them what happened, and asked for an ice pack. Didn't retaliate at all. My son is tall for his age, heavy for his age, extremely strong for his age. He's been studying jujitsu for two years now. Before that, he did MMA for two years. So for half of his life now, he's eight. He's been studying martial arts, and he can throw a punch that would make me wince. Now, he just... Looked at this kid, took the punch, turned around, walked to a teacher, asked for an ice pack, and that was it. When the principal asked him why, this is what he told us. He said, Nathan said, because I am so much more experienced than this kid, I would have put him in the hospital, and it's not worth it. When I heard that, I was extremely proud. Probably the most proud I've ever been of my son in my entire life. Now, the competitor in me, the jujitsu practitioner, you know, I want to see the aggressive you know, man, I want to say, man, Nathan, you should have punched that kid back. But no, he took the much more wise, mature, manly road of understanding his own strength, having that extreme inner confidence in his abilities to be able to turn around and say, doesn't matter. I'm going to be fine. If this was an actual issue, I'd fight back, but I don't have to. I'm just going to turn around, tell the teacher, suffer no consequences. This kid had a lot of consequences. And save this kid a trip to the hospital. I was extremely proud dad moment. So what does that have to do with confidence? Well, my son was so confident in his ability to defend himself that he was able to spare hurting this kid and spare himself potentially getting any consequences. You never know what's going to happen whenever elementary kids tell the teachers what happens. You know, in a perfectly fair and just world, this kid would be punished and my son gets nothing. But when two kids fight at school, that almost never happens. One of the best parts about jujitsu is being able to restrain someone without them being able to move. So you can make someone incapable of doing anything without actually hurting them because you know how the body works, you know how the joints work, you know how to hold their limbs. So my son is at that point now. He can hold, if he wanted to, he could have held this kid down and just held the kid there until the teacher came. But he didn't, he didn't even do that. He could have if he wanted to. So 
As soon as I heard that, super proud, Nathan came home from school. I had him retell the story to me because I realized this is an important moment in my son's life. He needs to be able to look back on this, understand that he did the right thing, and take the right lesson from it. Okay, He has to be able to understand the whole situation and use this story later on in his life when he needs to. So I had him retell the story to me slowly. And we talked about every aspect of it, and then I rewarded him afterwards for the way he behaved. One of the things we did talk about was actually defending yourself when the time comes. So I said, Nathan, when would it be appropriate to defend yourself or to potentially have to hurt someone and use your jujitsu and martial arts knowledge? And he said, well, if Lauren was ever in trouble, I said, yep. He said, if a teacher wasn't around and I couldn't get away and a kid was trying to hurt me, I said, yep. First option is always to avoid the situation, but when the situation comes to you, then you handle it appropriately. And we went through each scenario of when it would be appropriate to defend yourself. Because this moment is so, he's never been punched in the face before. This moment is so rare and special. I don't want to make it sound like it was a good thing, but in, in the long run, it's a really good thing. Because he's going to learn what to do in the situation in the future because of this. So we talked about every scenario and made sure that this situation, this event for him, is going to be used throughout his entire life as to how to handle these things in the, in the future. And that's where the confidence comes into play. The confidence to know that you have the ability to hurt someone, to potentially put someone in the hospital, and also to defend yourself. And then the wisdom to know what to do when each of those situations occur. And that's not the only way a kid can develop confidence. The number one way our child can develop their inner confidence is for us to model that ourselves. So if we walk around confident, shoulders back, chest up, firm handshake, eye contact, if we can model that, then our kids will latch onto that and be confident themselves. There's no other better way for our kids to learn confidence than modeling their parents. So if you as a dad don't have that inner confidence, well, it's time to work on it. How you physically present yourself is the number one way to build your own inner confidence. So using your body, what you do with your body translates to your emotions, to your mindset. It's, an, it's a physical presence that you have. So there's a few things that you can do that just you can do them today. And that's walk tall. Whenever you walk, shoulders back, chest out, eye contact, firm handshake. You do those things alone and you will start to feel more confident. Another great one is deep breathing. If you practice your breathing skills, it will also calm your mind, calm your brain, calm your body. So deep breaths, slow breaths throughout your nose. So breathe through your nose throughout the day slowly, and then you will feel yourself become more confident in situations. Say you're at a situation at work, a confrontation with a colleague, or your, your boss isn't happy with you, and you're anxious and stressed out in that situation. Slow breaths through your nose, down to your diaphragm. I was trained as a musician. We learned how to breathe through our diaphragm and lower back. Basically, you want to breathe so that your lower back and sides expand. So if you put your hand on your side and you take a deep breath and you can feel your lower back expanding, then you know you're breathing deeply from your diaphragm. If you can think back to a time whenever you had a real stressful situation, even as a child, or say you know you were getting yelled at for something and you're just getting anxious and stressed, your breath gets real shallow, fast, and gets high. So the higher your breath goes, you just start to tense up. 
So your shoulders go up, your chest gets tight, and your breathing gets high and shallow. Just physically just reverse that. Just even if you don't feel like doing it, just calm down, slow the breaths down, and breathe deep. If you do that, you will immediately feel more confident, have a clearer mind, and be able to confront whatever's in front of you much more wisely than you would have beforehand. If we do these things every day for a week, for a month, for a year, you will become a different person, even if you don't feel like it at the time, even if you're faking it for that time. If you do that, physically make yourself do that, your subconscious will latch onto these behaviors and you just start to become that person, okay? Even if it's acting at first. If you act like a confident person, you will become a confident person. And then more importantly, our kids will see that. Your child will look up to you and see you modeling confidence, and he'll start acting like it. If you're ever in public and you can see a kid walking unconfidently, so shoulders down, dragging his feet, baggy clothes, looking at the ground, nine times out of ten, his parents are probably doing that too. So if we model confidence, our kids will become confident. Part of the process of building individuality, strong children, and ourselves in inner strength is a willingness to try new things. If our kids are afraid that whenever they try something new, they're going to get snapped at or yelled at or made to feel insignificant, they're going to stop trying new things and steer themselves towards things that are more comfortable. We don't want that. We don't want that for ourselves either. For our children, it's 10 times more important. Everything we say to them is 10 times more impactful than if the same thing was said to us by someone else. You know how you look up to your parents as a child. Everything, everything they say has a power to it especially you as a dad, okay, modeling that strength and confidence. If you say something to your child, you've got to think about it first because it impacts them in a huge way. If they can go out into the world and not be afraid to fail and continually try new things, then they're going to be so much more confident. It's the same for us. If we are stuck in this safe zone and we only do what's comfortable, then we are missing out on all the growth the world has to offer. We know that our inner growth our self-development comes from failing at something and learning from that. We don't want to take that from our kids. We don't want to steal that opportunity from our kids. We can't have them live in a bubble all the time. Same thing for us. We have to grow from these uncomfortable moments, and we have to acknowledge that that's going to happen to our kids sometimes, and sometimes put them in a situation where they do have to grow. So we have to introduce new things to our kids, give them the opportunity to fall in love and develop a passion for these new activities, new athletics, new things at school, and then also whenever they fail at them, not make it a big deal. That's not getting upset over small mistakes because we have to praise the effort. We have to praise what they're attempting to do and the characteristics that we like in them. Continually trying, not being afraid to fail. Those are characteristics. Those are character-building qualities of a person. And we have to praise that instead of the end result. That takes us into our next strategy for building confident kids is praise the effort, not the result. If we praise the effort, the results will come. The results aren't the important part. Building a strong, confident child is the important part. So if we are praising the efforts and characteristics that build to that, the results are going to come anyway, but then you're going to have a strong, confident kid. When all of our focus and attention is on that end result, we develop kids who are just end result focused. We want to have kids that are focused on the great characteristics that lead them to those end results, like never giving up, like getting up when you fall, like being mature, being wise, being polite. All these good characteristics of becoming a good person will lead to great results. 
It's the same thing for us. If we have a huge personal goal, we can't think only about that end result goal because no matter how hard we try, if we remain the same, we're never going to hit that goal. We have to become the kind of person that can hit that goal. So if our goal is to lose 50 pounds, we can't be only focused on that number, say 250 to 200. We can't be only focused on the 200 number. We need to be focused on the processes to become there, kind of like Atomic Habits with James Clear. We have to be focused on, okay, before I slept until 9 and didn't move until 12. Now I'm going to become the kind of person who wakes up at 7 or 6 and does these five things and does this diet every single day. So a month goes by, now you are the kind of person that wakes up early and has athletic, healthy habits. The same thing goes for our kids. We want to instill in them the kind of characteristics that develop them into the person that is confident, that's individualistic, and can go out into the world and try new things. When they do try things and it doesn't work out, they're allowed to fail. Letting our kids fail is one of the best things we can do for them. If we try to keep them in a bubble their whole lives until they're 18 and go off to college, they are not going to know what to do when a crisis hits them. If we let them fail and use every single failure as a teachable moment, they're going to be experts at overcoming problems and finding solutions. Whenever the failure comes from trying something new, working hard, and demonstrating good personal characteristics, you don't focus on the failure. You focus on the effort that was tried and you praise it. It's okay to fail, but what I loved about it is you tried hard. So your kid is doing some type of tournament and they don't place at all, but they worked really hard, they overcame, they used things you learned, and they were polite and courteous to the other members. You don't say a word about them not getting a trophy. You praise the 10 good things they did. And guess what? If that happens five more times, they're just going to start getting trophies because they have become the kind of person that can succeed in that environment. The same thing goes for us. If your goal is to make $10,000 by next month with this new business you have, and you totally change your daily habits, you start waking up earlier, you start journaling, you start going after mentors, taking courses, and you do that for a month straight and you don't hit your $10,000 goal, that's not what you should be focusing on. You should be focusing on, hey, I made a completely different life change over the past month and I'm a different person right now. If I do this for 12 months in a row, what am I gonna look like a year from now? I'm gonna be a different person and the results will come. Do the daily habits, do the daily things, and praise yourself for those daily things that change who you are. And then you will be the kind of person that gets results. And guess what? Those results will come. When our kids are persevering in a hard situation, that needs to be praised. That will develop an inner confidence for them. Even if they're failing, even if they're struggling, if they're trying hard, that trying hard effort needs to be praised and focused on. The attention has to go there. Getting our kids in the habit of setting goals for themselves is a great way to develop inner confidence for us too. Just understanding that whenever we have something we're working towards, we feel good about ourselves. I know for me, the quickest way for me to get anxious and stressed out is to not be working towards something. If I'm on vacation and I've done nothing, I'm just eating like crap, I haven't worked out one day, I'm only thinking about I deserve to relax then guess what? I'm not going to be relaxed. I have to be still maintaining my own personal high standard if I'm going to feel good and confident about myself. Same thing for our kids. Their goals don't have to be life-changing, like I want to make $200,000 in my business next month. For them, like for my son, it's I want to do a cartwheel. He crossed that one off. That was one of his goals. For my daughter, it's 
I want to beat Nathan at jujitsu, or I want to get him at a scissor sweep. And she was able to cross that one off because she got him on a scissor sweep one day. My son also has, I want to beat my jujitsu professor at jujitsu. Guess what? That's not going to happen. The goal chart sits on the wall outside my kids' bedrooms, and I look at it every day. Four of them are crossed off for my son. Five of them aren't. So he can look at that every day and say, I had nine goals. I completed four of them. I'm the kind of person that can complete a goal. And since he has that memory of his ability to cross off goals, he knows that he's going to be able to do the other ones. And whenever he does check off a goal, we always recap with him. Why did you do that? What made you able to complete that goal? Whenever he did his first cartwheel and checked it off, I spent a lot of time going over with him. I said, why do you think you were able to check off that goal? It's because you practiced every day because you didn't give up. Whenever you fell on the ground your first time and hurt yourself, you didn't stop. You got back up and kept on doing a cartwheel. So I was praising the effort. I didn't say, remember that first day you couldn't do the cartwheel? Yeah, that was bad. I said, you got back up. All of my attention and focus was on him getting back up. And because he feels good about getting back up, he just keeps on getting back up when he fails. So failure becomes not this huge monster in the corner. Failure becomes, yes, it just happens. Yep, you fail, you get back up, you keep on going. We as parents have this huge responsibility to instill that in our kids, to have them not being afraid to fail, not being afraid to try new things. Every time they fall down, getting back up, praising the effort. And by the time they're 18, you know, if they are the kind of person that can overcome obstacles, that aren't afraid to fail, that aren't afraid to try new things, then you had a big part in that. Part of this comes down to letting our kids breathe, letting our kids live on their own, letting our kids fail on their own. There's a huge detriment to kids who have this, the hyper overprotective, over hands-on parent who doesn't let them breathe and micromanages every part of their life, also called the helicopter parent. Those kids, because of probably good intentions and some probably control issues, these kids aren't able to breathe and have been basically living in a bubble. And whenever they see an obstacle, instead of looking back at past memories of overcoming, they look to their mom. So an obstacle comes in their life, which will happen, and instead of saying, oh yeah, six months ago I had this big problem and I did this and I overcame it and my parents patted me on the back for that, they just look at their mom and say, what should I do mom? Protect me. They have no memory of overcoming obstacles. That's what this is about. It's about building a pattern, building an identity, building our kids' identity that they are someone who overcomes things. So we have to give them space sometimes. You have to set them out into the woods and be okay with them coming back with some blood on their knee, with a scuffed up lip. You have to be okay sending them out to boxing or jujitsu or something like that and them coming back with a bloody lip. The kids that stick with, for example, jujitsu in our gym are kids that who their parents, they watch sometimes, sometimes they don't. Or the parents that do watch and the kid gets hurt, they just pat him on the back and say, you, you okay? You good? All right, head back out there. They don't pull the teacher over, start yelling at them and say, why did you let my son get in this situation? The parents that are a little bit more hands-off and let their kid figure it out are the kids that are able to figure things out. It's so simple. If we let our kids figure things out, they can figure things out. If we don't let them figure things out and we cut that off from them, then they can't figure things out saying it in an extremely simple way, but it's like that. If we want our kids to demonstrate a certain 
behavior or characteristics. We have to let them do it. If we want our kids to be independent, we have to let them be independent. You have to let them fail. You have to let them go out into the world and do things on their own and not micromanage every single part of their lives. And that includes letting them make decisions for themselves. If I'm driving around our neighborhood and I have to go somewhere and I'm not in a rush, sometimes I'll let my kids tell me how to get there, even though I know how to get there and I know we're going to waste time with them making wrong moves, I will still let them do it. So I'll say, all right, Lauren, tell me how to get to your school you know, as long as I have some extra time. So she'll say, okay, go up here, make a right, make a left, and we'll go in little circles and she'll eventually figure it out. And guess what? Now she knows how to get to school. She knows how to get back on her own. And she has that independence that she's controlling this car. Well, I'm in charge. I'm the one driving, but she's controlling the car. So she's making all the decisions in that moment, and it's kind of developing a little inner confidence. One of the best ways we can develop confidence in our kids is to set them up in situations where they will experience success. So not throwing them into situations where they're going to miserably fail and quit, but setting them up into situations where they will succeed if they're coached. So you have to analyze where they're at at any task. So take any task, analyze their current level, and present them with a situation that's just a little bit above their level where if they're pushed, they can accomplish it. So it's kind of, it's called in education, the zone of proximal development. It means that you push them a little bit outside their comfort zone, a little bit past their current abilities, and with some structure, framework, and guidance, they can get there. For example, if your kid likes to play soccer, and he's pretty good at soccer, you introduce him to a soccer league that's a little bit above his level. Then he will be able to go in there. He'll be able to latch on to what the other kids are doing, what the coach is coaching, and he will enhance himself and be successful. That's putting him in a situation where he's going to learn and he's going to be successful. Nothing builds confidence faster than feeling success. Once you feel success, it motivates you. It makes you want to keep on pushing because you love that feeling and you want to duplicate that feeling. It's the same for us. You make your first sale. Ooh, I want to do that again. What did I do to get there? I'm going to do that harder. I'm going to do that more. I'm going to multiply my efforts in that one thing that got me the success, and now I'm going to get more success. Once our kids feel that success, they will want more of it. So they will start to multiply the parts of their personality and who they are that brought that success in the first place. And just as an overarching rule, the more love we show to our kids, the more confident they're going to be. The more they know they can come home to a smiling, warm, confident, loving family, the more confident they're going to be. That is a rock that they have on the inside that will carry them through obstacles, that will carry them through situations in life where they're a little bit scared. It will develop that inner core, that inner strength. They can always come home to those strong, loving parents who will back them no matter what. So let's be those kind of parents for our kids. And also, let's be those kind of people for ourselves. Let's be the kind of person that models confidence, that becomes confident. And if that's not you right now, there are things you can do to change that. Walk tall, shoulders back, chest out, eye contact, firm handshake, learn how to communicate, take courses, build your skills, build up your own successes so that you become confident yourself. And guess what? A rising tide raises all ships. If you become the kind of person that is confident and achieves, that will rub off on your family. So let's model those great behaviors, all that confidence, and let's change ourselves and change our family for the better.